Welcome back to Kenny and the Coaches. It's episode 50 and we are closing in on the one-year anniversary of me starting the podcast. We're right in the middle of high school basketball season here in the great state of Oklahoma, but today we're going to talk a little football with Rush Springs head football coach Tim Beard. I was on the opposing sidelines of Coach Beard three separate times this past season and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Not only from the X's and O's point of view, but Coach Beard has had a positive impact on a lot of his players and has the respect of a lot of his fellow coaches. Here's my conversation with Coach Tim Beard. All right, Coach, thanks for taking time out of your uh, what's now Christmas break to visit with me a little bit today. Well, uh, more than happy to do it, my friends, more than happy. Now, Coach, I mean, you kind of been absent from the – Rush Springs sidelines for a while. What kind of got you back into it this past season? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I I got out, and uh, you know, as, as a coach yourself, you, uh, uh, you or at least as, as far as I, I've since I've been coaching, my, our priorities are always God, family, schoolwork, okay, football, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know, for the longest time, as as especially as a head coach. Um, well, just to give you a little bit of backstory, my daughter, um, uh, was a good athlete. She was a good student. Um, and she was offered a scholarship to go, go play, uh, college softball at Southeastern. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what had happened was, is of course, with Oklahoma playing fast pitch in the fall, yeah. um, and me being the head coach, uh, head football coach, I, I hardly ever got to see her play. Uh, high school softball and um and it was just kind of heavy on my heart um uh after she had graduated that i uh just said you know what i i want to be able to go and watch her uh play in college and without any restrictions and just because probably just like you um if i was in charge of a group even football in the spring, springtime is very uh, valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, if she had a game, uh, I wouldn't miss a practice or a day of school sure. uh, because of my commitment to uh, the Rush Springs Redskins. And so we had just gotten, um, uh, I just gotten to a point where I was like, you know, uh, I didn't really get to watch her play uh, high school softball uh, very much. And, and, you know, I wanted to just, go watch her and that was the reason um that i got out i kind of felt like i owed it to her um oh yeah and mm-hmm. and just you know as a as an opportunity to you know give back to her life and uh and go and watch her and so i did that and i felt great about my um uh, choice um and uh you know so i was out for uh, uh a few years and uh uh, unexpectedly, and of course, I still taught here at Rush. Uh, I actually helped with softball. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a uh, obviously, uh, you know, it's kind of a short season um, uh, in the fall. So I told them I would help them there, but I didn't. I didn't coach anything else. But yet, was still just a teacher. And and so unexpectedly, Coach uh, Coach Anthony, who was hired after I resigned. Um, uh, got the call that uh, he uh, had a job back at his uh, place that he left from at Choctaw, who played for the state championship this year, and he uh, he took that opportunity to to go back there. And so our uh, athletic director, um, 
came to me one one morning and said, "Hey, would you be interested in in coming back?" And I and I think he was just kidding, uh, <laughs> and and I was kind of kidding as well. And I said, "Well, if we're gonna do it. Let's go big." And I, it, meaning that I would like to be the head coach again if, if they would have me. Um, yeah. And yeah. so, uh, just you know, just lucky enough um, that uh, I was hired back, and and you know uh, that time away from. Uh, you know, being in charge and being on the sidelines, I think really helped me gain a perspective of what my true job is. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, now I'm back, baby. So uh, yeah. just, just, just thrilled to be back and happy that Rushford uh, allowed me to coach here again. Yeah, boy, I'm, you're talking about taking time off to go watch your daughter. I'm, I don't know. I may be in that situation in a couple of years. I don't know. I hadn't really honestly thought about that. So, boy. Well, you know, uh, and not that uh, this is not about uh, uh, me bragging uh, about my daughter. Um, she works hard. Uh, you know, the typical coach's kid uh, is pretty uh, intelligent as far as uh, knowing how that you have to put in the work to be good. And um, mm-hmm. and she's, she's always understood that. She was a... Um, she was a fantastic baseball player and a, a, a state uh, placer in the 100 and 200 and awesome relays. And so mm-hmm. I just felt that, you know, you know, I've always, um, you know, put for good reason, just as you should, in my opinion, uh, you know, put uh, my team kind of above her as far as uh, the priorities of a sport would be involved. And, and so I just mm-hmm. felt, you know, that I, um, I needed to give make her kind of first on my list for a little bit and she and like I said you know she's only uh a junior uh athletically and she has this year and another year still to go and um you know it's kind of it's kind of neat though when when uh Mr. Gabler our athletic director asked me to uh if I was interested in coming back and I just kind of felt led by God like man this is this is your time to mm-hmm. uh, to get in and try to make a difference in kids' lives, which is I, which is what I feel my most important job is, really. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and you know, and it's always kind of neat whenever you know, you know, whenever you get that feeling that you know this is the right thing to do. You know, I felt yes, sir, that. and I, I felt good uh, about it uh, from the very start. Uh, you know, and I was just you know kind of left in God's hands. You know, if they would give me another chance uh, that I would definitely, uh, you know, take it and, you know, do my best to uh, to be the best we can here at Rush Springs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you came back into a pretty tough district, you know. Well, <laughs> Any district count. that's I'm got ring in it. What, yeah. um, our district is nothing to shake a stick at. No, no. It's pretty much a tough game week in, week out. Yeah, and, you know, uh, you know, and I, I don't know if you have, but I've, I've even talked with other coaches you know, about other classes, you know, uh, I just don't know, um, you know, from top to bottom, 2A and A, uh, you know, they just, you know, even in your bigger schools or in your bigger classes, you know, there are some weeks, though, that you're going to play some, some mm-hmm. schools that may be on your uh, on your schedule that, you know, are probably not very good mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you know, and um, it's just, it's really not like that in Class A. <laughs> No, no, I don't even think like, you know, even, you know, we just came up to 11 man this year. Uh, It was even, you know, you would think kind of the higher up you got, there would be more discrepancy and and stuff like that. But man, it seemed like 
this district, I mean, there were some, there were a couple of games that we, you know, kind of won easily. But man, there were some. I mean, it seemed like every, even though it was a losing record, the other team had a losing yes. record. It was a, you, it was four quarters, you know. Yes, and you know, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's crazy and funny for you to say that. I mean, even here at Rush Springs, where, uh, you know, our record, you know, we only went two or three, but, um from our aspect of it, you know, from and us even having that record that we, you know, without a couple of teams on the schedule, you know, think that we have a chance, which just kind of, I think, goes to us not, not saying anything super good about us, but just the mentality of our mm-hmm. uh, our district of that, you know, every week's going to be a pretty good battle. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, even, gosh, I mean, I kind of watched y'all scores too because y'all played a lot of the teams that we played. I mean – Teams actually, you know, I mean, we we got the best of y'all first game of the year, but you know, you guys played teams in our that were in our district a whole lot tougher than what we played them. So I mean, well, and you know, uh, you know, our game was uh, was the zero week game, um, and was it a six zero game or an eight zero game? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought, and and you know, uh, just you know, just each week, uh, and they're such good coaches. Uh, uh, you know, in Class A, and I, I know a lot of people um, listen. They think, well, if you if you only coach in Class A, you know, maybe you're uh, you're not very good. And I'm not talking about myself, uh, <laughs> but there are a bunch of good football coaches in, in every class. Oh yeah, you know. And one thing that kind of caught me by surprise before we got into Eleven Man, I'd kind of because I never coached Eleven Man until this past this past season. And I got to kind of looking. I didn't. We didn't have a bunch of film on people, and I just assumed that everyone, you know, we're moving up to eleven man. Everybody wants to spread it out and throw it all yes. over the place. But I mean, with the, I don't think we played anyone that was actually in our class that just, you know, went empty or, you know, single yes. back and threw it all over the place. I mean, you guys cram it down your throat. It seemed like everybody we played was some version of cramming it down your throat. You know, I. We weren't prepared for that, but I mean, and that's you know, that's I think that just goes to people knowing what they have and taking the the most advantage of what they have. Yeah, know. and I, you know, uh, my my coaching, uh, I was lucky enough. My my first job out of college was at Chickasha with uh, Tim Reynolds, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't I don't know how well you know um, you know the story of Coach Reynolds, but uh, uh, Coach. Uh, at Falls Valley Coast at uh, Lot Nike, uh, they won the mythical national championship uh, in like 1989, I believe, or maybe it was 90. Um, mm-hmm. You know, then goes on to coach at, o- to, at OSU and and was lucky enough that he had just taken a job at uh, Northern Illinois, uh, one of the jobs there, and and uh, somehow Chickasaw wrangled him back and he gave me my first job. But I'm gonna tell you, he was. Uh, He's probably the greatest coach um, I've ever worked for as far as uh, just, uh, you know, X's and O's and, and schemes. And, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, he always, you know, there's one of his uh, beliefs was, you know, you just run the ball, control the, talk, control the clock, and, you know, take shots when, uh, when you want to versus – um, you know, when you have to, so to speak. And, mm-hmm. and I've just been lucky enough, you know, uh, to be around some great coaches my whole entire career. 
and you know try to take a little bit of what uh, each of them have done and you know just try to you know try to get kids to believe in themselves yeah now how did you how did you know when it was kind of time to kind of approach becoming a head coach when did you think when did you kind of know that was what well, you that's needed a good question. I, I was coaching at Lone Grove, um, and we had, me and my wife Robin had been down there for, um, uh, it was probably 10 years, um, and coached with great coaches down there. Uh, coach Kenny Ridley, who mm-hmm. grew up in Marlowe, uh, is a fantastic coach, uh, and I got to spend a lot of time with him and, and Scott Cunningham and, um, you know, some other coaches that truly influenced me, and um, but you know what? I, I was, uh, I, I don't know that, I don't even think it would, it would be called pride. Uh, but I got a call from Rush Springs, um, and I'd been offensive coordinator for, uh, several years, uh, offensive coordinator at Hera, um, mm-hmm. and then came to Marlowe for one year and then it had been at Long Grove for uh, a series of years and, and so I just, uh, when they, and I really, I wasn't even trying to look for head coach jobs, totally content yeah. uh, with my role <laughs> at, uh, at Lone Grove. Um, they treated us super good, uh, made the playoffs a few years and unfortunately had to go play Kingfisher in, in round one and, yeah. uh, that didn't work out too good, <laughs> but, uh, uh, they, Rush Springs gave me a call and, uh, you know, I, I was like I say, wasn't truly looking to be the head coach uh, necessarily of anywhere, but uh, Mike Zerlon was the uh, was the superintendent at the time, and and actually I came up for an interview, and they um, they didn't have a job for Robin, and I said, listen guys, I more than uh, more than thankful to come over and interview, and this was after Barry had le- had just left Barry Foster, mm-hmm. uh, who who coached me, who um, you know spent uh his entire well before he left here you know he he coached here for 20 something years and and uh he coached me as well and uh and so uh i just told mr zerlon i said you know we can't obviously can't do this without uh there being a job for robin and so they hired uh a man uh coach vandersiepen um mm-hmm. and i i don't even know chris very well but he he stayed one year and so Again, uh, I told Coach Ridley, who was our head coach down there, I said, you know, Rush has called uh, one more time. And I said, I'm just going to go check it out and see what they have to say. And, um, and sure enough, the second year, you know, they said, we definitely got a place for Robin. And mm-hmm. and so I just uh, thought, well, man, you know, nothing like going home. And uh, hopefully I don't get up there and make a mess of it. And so... <laughs> We just took a chance, and uh, it's it's been it's been a great move ever since. Yeah, and you were kind of talking about some of the coaches that kind of you know had an impact on you. I mean, you played for Coach Tunnel at one time, the winningest coach in Oklahoma high school football. Talk, kind of talk about how big of an influence Coach Tunnel had on you as a player, and then in becoming a coach. Well, I, I tell you, uh, you know, I consider that like one of my greatest joys. Um, uh, of just you know and again you know growing up in in, in wherever uh you know your hometown is but uh, mm-hmm. you know just just growing up here and getting to play for him and, and and he was revered i mean uh oh, yeah. when we were in 
when we were in high school, and even I was a ball boy as soon as I uh, turned, you know, got into the sixth grade and, and got to do that till I was a, a freshman. Um, you know, there was just something special about it. He had an aura about him, and, and let me tell you, um, I don't mean is not a good description. Um, you know, a, a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of stories that may be uh, viewed as mean, but uh, he just he expected so much out of you and if you didn't you know give that on the daily um you know there was uh, serious consequences mm-hmm. uh, so to speak and uh but just the way he he handled himself um and and you know uh, i don't know who your head coach was uh you know growing up in high school but mm. you know <laughs> if you i know you've heard uh you know getting kids to run through a brick wall for you, you know, that is something that we truly would have done. We'd have just pounded it. And if it didn't go the first time, we'd have got back up and rallied back and hit it as many times as we could <laughs> uh, until we got to the sucker broke down. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, and, and there were so many other aspects about him, not just that he was our head coach and, and he was fiery and he was, <laughs> uh, crazy at times, uh, <laughs> But just how much that um, that he truly believed in you as a person, uh, mm-hmm. not only the things that you could do on the, on the football field, but uh, but just out in life and how and the way he treated uh, he treated uh, people and he, he treated his players. You know, uh, and you know, I was lucky enough to be here. Um, you know, in the in the last. Uh, few years of his life and and um you know got to even you know help uh help take care of him so to speak and you know and, mm-hmm. uh and you know even going back to that first question of you know you asked about uh you know what you know what kind of got me back into this is that times we were out i was out of coaching um me and him would go to a lot of football games together and yeah. um you know I think just, you know, maybe even his overall influence on me, um, which drove me to want to play college football. Uh, and then uh, at Southeastern, you know, realized that uh, that I really love this game and I want to try to give back like he did. And mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, forever, forever grateful for him. Yeah. And, you know, you <clears throat> talk about how hard he was, but, yeah, you know, I think, Deep down, I mean, you you guys knew he loved you guys, you know. What yes. I mean? So I mean, and I think that's that that's a big part of what coaching is about is whenever you can get kids to just to to follow you, and they know that even though you're hard on them, that you love them and you want what's best for them. You know, I, like you I talked about my old coach. You probably know him, Coach uh, Dale Butler. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was one of those guys. I mean, he wasn't. He he was hard, but he you know you always he he was one of those guys that would love on you more than kind of get on you, but he'd get on you too, you know. But yes, yeah, I mean those those guys like that, you know. And and you also said that about the you know Coach Tunnel kind of having that mythical aura about him, you know. I mean I think there's it's it's a shame if schools don't have coaches like that in their past, you know what I mean? Yes. Cause I, I agree 100%. Like at, like at Fox, that's where I graduated from. I mean, it was – I never played for him. He was long gone by the time I got in the even competitive, 
you know, before I even got to junior high, but Coach Cooper, Coach Milton Cooper. Oh, you know, yeah. Coach I mean, Cooper is one of my, one of my good friends. Uh, um, and, you know, you know, even speaking of Fox, you know, I grew up in a time where, oh, my gosh, where there's some good football teams and some <laughs> good uh, athletes that – uh, we would go to track meets, and if oh, the Fox bus showed up, we were just we would all just kind of <laughs> exhale and go, "Dang!" <laughs> yeah, boy, they yeah they 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 had some pretty good ones back in the day. Yes, sir, they ones. sure did. But and you, just like you say, uh, you know, and that's what I try to be. And you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, I think coaches are hard on themselves. I know I am mm-hmm. uh, somewhat as well, but. You know, you just want to uh, make an impact in kids' lives to know that that you know that they can they can do whatever they set their mind to. It may not may not be easy, and it may take uh, several years. But uh, you know, just instilling kids into a belief of like, listen, this this game of football is something we get to do. Mm-hmm. Something God has blessed us with the abilities to run and jump and think and. You know, do those things like this is the this is the extra part. I mean, this is just we we call it gravy up here at Rush. Everybody everybody you know loves biscuits and gravy, especially their grannies. <laughs> Ask for extra gravy. That's just that's what we call it up here. It's just yeah, get, getting this gravy life in. No, and you kind of spoke on that a little bit. You know, that's something. I guess in coming from Fox, you know, and kind of coming into this situation where there wasn't at Empire where there wasn't that tradition of being a good program being a, a good team you know when we're trying to build that up it's I always yes, kind of look I never went into a game like when we were you know when we first got here I never went into a game even though we were probably on paper outmatched yes. I never went into a game thinking we didn't have a chance yes. you know what I mean and that's some, that, that is like the great um the great challenge of a coach is getting kids to believe hey these are just 16 17 18 year old kids just the same as you you know, yes. if you put in the work, if you are dedicated, if you go and believe in that you can win the game, I mean, that's that that's half the battle right there. You just got to go out yes, on the field and do it. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because um, uh, I don't even remember what game it was this past season. Um, of course, m- my brother uh, and my two cousins, Jeremy and Drew and Blake Beard, mm-hmm. uh, were all uh, – on the 98 season when uh, Coach Tunnel's last state championship and, and Rush's for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the players uh, from those years came to a football game this past season. I didn't even, I didn't even know they were coming. Um, I would have loved to have known earlier. I would have tried to have them come speak to us, but mm-hmm. they came into the, um, into the field house afterwards and we were just talking and, uh, and, you know, it's funny because I asked them that very question. I said, you know, because I know when when I was playing, uh, which seems like a long, long time ago, just like you said, there was never there was never any opponent where we didn't think we were going to win. Yeah. Now, we didn't win every game, obviously. You know, not everybody does that nowadays, unless you're Bixby. <laughs> uh, he yeah. basically got beat, you know, yeah. by Jinx and uh-huh. came back and won it all. But, uh, and even with those same kids, which was Coach Tunnel's, um, you know, almost his last group in 99, um, 
I asked them that very question. They said, no, there's, there was never a chance. Uh, there was never a doubt that, you know, not that we wouldn't have to play good, but that we, you know, weren't in it mm-hmm. right from the start. And, and so, I, you know, like you say, I think it's, I think it's a little bit more difficult today mm-hmm. um, with today's kids, um, but we strive to just instill in that that very thing that look, yes, he, this kid's taller than you. Yes, this kid is mm-hmm. whatever. He's heavier than you. Or he's lighter than you. But still, he's just a kid. Uh, he's a good football player. But let you know, let's go, let's go tackle him, and and you know, just see how many times he keeps has the will to keep getting up, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, if you, if you can figure it out, you might give me your notes on how you get. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still trying to figure that out as we speak. <laughs> now, you kind of alluded a little bit about your playing days at South at Southeastern. What What is something that you wish you would have known going into being a college athlete that you wish you would have known before? And what kind of advice would you give kids that want to play at the next level? Well, that's a great question. Um, I was lucky enough, uh, and there was a, a, a kid here from Rush Springs that uh, his name is Jeff Strine. Mm-hmm. who was a couple year old, couple of years older than me, and who was uh, who was playing at Southeastern um, after he got uh, after he graduated here in '88. And so, me and him and Coach Foster actually lifted together um twice a twice a day um Mm -hmm. of course uh jeff you know going through college at that time coach foster was a college baseball player for east central um several years before that and um and he uh jeff uh, more song was the head coach then he was my head coach uh keith baxter was my offensive coordinator he's currently the ad uh at southeastern now still and uh Hmm. And so he had a pretty good, uh, you know, he just kept telling me like, listen, our off seasons are killer. Um, you, you know, you don't have any idea of how hard we work in, in our, uh, in the weight room. And, um, and so I was lucky enough to have him who really kind of helped me, um, prepare for, uh, physically now mentally, mm-hmm. When I got there, um, it was something totally unextraordinary. Absolutely. Because we showed up um, on a Sunday afternoon, had a team meeting Sunday night, and then we're on the field uh, at 7.15, full metal jacket, and we're cracking heads by 7.45, and that was the first of our three days. And uh, <laughs> I don't think you can even practice <laughs> that no. much anymore with no. the NCAA rules and things like that. But um, leading into it, it was just, uh, like I say, you know, Jeff Strine really helped me, uh, <clears throat> push me in the weight room, push me in our, our off-season summer running programs, um, but for our kids today, I, I try to uh, instill in them, and you know, it, it kind of helps um, with my daughter being a college athlete because uh, I try to get her to come and just say, "Listen, um, you know, to be a college athlete is definitely doable, but if you're not if you're not one hundred percent committed to it, mm-hmm. 
it's not gonna it's not gonna be something that you're gonna you're gonna last with because 6 a.m workouts you know some are even earlier than that um Mm -hmm. and again when mom and dad are not there uh making sure you get out of bed um is a huge aspect of it and and another aspect of it i try to get uh, you know trying to beat into our kids heads nowadays is had a college coach who came and uh stopped by just this last week and i won't mention the school that he's from but was talking about um recruiting kids and and he said you know the difference from a three four gpa to a three five to their school is ten to twelve thousand dollars yeah that they can help you with and so you know you're just constantly trying to get kids to push themselves in the classroom just as well uh as in a practice or in the weight room or or you know and get to where they're pushing themselves in basically every aspect of their life if they want to be a college athlete because you know the stuff that you see on saturdays or friday nights or whenever um Mm -hmm. those college games are being played you see that product but you don't see the countless hours of study hall being on class on time um you know those types of aspects of it that we just try to we're just trying to help these kids get an understanding that uh you know it's not going to be um you know our counselor who's uh, a great counselor who's a former coach uh coach birch you know calling you or texting you or saying why aren't you in class uh, or where are you Mm -hmm. uh you know trying to get them to realize that uh that they're gonna have to do it on their own and and be held responsible yep yep that's some kids you know it seems like anymore that scholarships are not necessarily just the ability to play at the next level but it's you know i would say gosh in the past three years we've had we've been blessed enough to have a few kids play at the next level and not all of them are still playing you know, yes. just because of what you just said. I mean, there's nobody there saying, Hey, you got to get up and go, you know, where are you? You got to kind of grow up pretty quick. Yes, sir. And you know, that's one thing we, you know, and I think a lot of kids are today are kind of enamored with just the recruiting, you know, of being able to, to say oh yeah man the school called me and you know mm-hmm. this and that but but realistically and i think we have some kids coming that truly want to for example i knew that i wanted to play mm-hmm. i didn't know where i didn't even care where mm-hmm. uh, and i was lucky enough that um like say our office coordinator keith baxter played college baseball against Barry Foster yeah, and um, it happened. I mean, had a, a good enough relationship with him that, uh, you know, he called coach Baxter for me and said, you may want to take a look at this kid and, and coach Baxter and them, um, you know, well, again, I was just lucky that he said, listen, we want you to come down here mm-hmm. now, you know, at the same time, not that I, not that a reason that I hate East Central uh, because <laughs> Southeastern and East Central hate each other, by yep. the way. Yep. Um, but Coach Tunnel, um, who played at 
uh, East Central was an All-American there, was in their Hall of Fame, and mm. Farrell Lorge, who played at East Central and, and coached at Cameron and, and uh, you know, coached some other places. They both called East Central for me. And my point being is I would have easily went to East Central had East Central shown any interest in me. Mm-hmm. But I just knew that I wanted to play. And and, and nowadays, I, I think um, there are plenty of kids who, um, you know, say that they want to. I just I think sometimes with all of our social media um, outlets today that it, it almost feels like that, you know, getting recruited versus, yeah, I'm going to go stick it out for four years. and. Mm-hmm knowing that as soon as I get there, I'm going to be a tackling dummy till I can prove myself. Uh, you know, I just, I think that that has changed somewhat. Yeah, it absolutely has. You know, my middle son, he's a sophomore. He's, it's way different from like you were saying, like from when I played, there was no social media, you know? So it's like, I'm seeing on some platforms where, you know, kids are saying they're, they've got an offer, uh, as like sophomores in high school or freshmen in high school, and I'm like, there's no, you know, how can, yeah. how can, you know, ex college know this kid's gonna pan out in three or four years? You know, yes, it's Man, just, like I say, uh, you know, Southeastern offered me books, okay, mm-hmm. as a scholarship, and I was, I was on cloud twelve, if there is a cloud twelve, uh, and you know, when I got there, the they had a room full of uh, freshman entry level classes, books, and you know that they had had for you know a few years, and so I, it didn't cost me a thing, or it didn't cost them a thing. And, and again, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade my time at Southeastern for nothing. But still, like I say, you know, there's no, and I know nowadays even in college there's. Uh, you know, there's that period where you can't go full pads and uh, I think they could call it uh, acclimation period nowadays. Um, but a long time ago, there was no acclimation period and it was full metal jacket from seven in the morning till late in that afternoon. Yeah. So, and, you know, I'm just speaking about football and, I, you know, um, our baseball coach, uh, Josh Ingram, um, played at... Uh, at Murray State when they won a national title and then played at UCO. And, and you know, we have these same discussions every morning in the weight room. You know, we're talking about, you know, kids come in and may, you know, really not be feeling it and, yeah. and just not understand, uh, you know, what it truly takes that when it doesn't matter what you feel like in the next level, you're going to be there um, if you truly want to play because – there's five other kids who look just like you and are putting in the work. So absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's still, it's just a you know a daily battle of trying to get kids to to set some goals for themselves and and you know and then you know not be afraid to work for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Now to kind of shift gears a little bit, what do you think about the upcoming kind of class breakup in the lower classes, B, A, and two A? Do you think? Because keep hearing arguments, people saying it's going to water it down too much, or do you think it'll help with schools being able to field a team? You know, because it seems like a lot of like us moving from 
eight man up to 11 man and we were able to do it but not a lot of schools are able to uh, handle that adjustment yeah well i you know and 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 i sometimes i swing uh probably to both sides of this fence but um you know even with what you see in 6a uh you know everybody was like uh you know no one could beat tulsa or i mean jinx or union you know Mm -hmm. for the longest time it's so they split that to where there's only 16 teams and then Bixby took over and then now Bixby's in the big 6A. Yeah. And, and so I see that as well. Uh, but I think it's, I think it's far more difficult, uh, a question, uh, with, for example, like me and you, um, mm-hmm. you know, for example, we started out with, uh, probably 28 kids and mm-hmm. there were several, um, you know, through injury, uh, some, a little bit of academics, um, you know, there were plenty of times when, when we would go start a game with 20 or less. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I personally, uh, think the split will be good if we're talking about fairness and, and I'm Mm -hmm. not even talking about, uh, you know, because the perennial class A phase is still going to be in the lower class. You know, it's not going to be in the big class of mm-hmm. class A. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, uh, you know, and like you said, Empire had had been 11 man forever. Mm-hmm. Goes down, does well, and then comes back and, and you know, still is a good team, but I just, like you, I just don't know that everybody can do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just, for whatever reason, you know, things are, they're different than they were 10 years ago. And I'll, I'll give you an example. For example, Coach Gothard was at Velma for all those years, right? And they're mm-hmm. a perennial class A. And they were on the low scale and they, they may only have, 19 total yeah um but 18 of those dudes could really 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 go and um Mm -hmm. and so i i think it'll be good for class a um that's just my opinion um i know that uh coach powers out at uh mangum had sent me a text and was just trying to get some information about some you know a lot of the class a schools and what they are you know, maybe trying to figure out a uh, a midline of where they would split those at. And mm-hmm. I know Russ, um, we would definitely be in the bottom. I think our, uh, I can't remember exactly the numbers, but I know we were around 130 um, mm-hmm. at the start of this school year, I think. And so that would definitely put us in um, the bottom half of Class A. And it's not like uh, I was talking to, uh, a coach yesterday, as a matter of fact, who coaches at Stratford, and uh, I think even Harmony, I can't remember if it was Harmony, that may still be in a in a in the lower bracket. And so it's not like there's um, not good football teams in the upper or the lower. Mm-hmm. I just think that if we're trying to be uh, somewhat fair, um, you know, for example, we played. I can't remember who it was, maybe it was Dibble, um, that had like 190, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and we're at 130, and 
and sometimes that just doesn't uh, equate to uh, overall fairness of the game. And again, mm-hmm. if they don't split it, fine. You know, we're still going to go play whoever they they tell us we're in the district with. That's not going to matter. But I do think uh, I do think uh, in an effort for fairness that it's going to work out pretty good. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, you know, with us being in in Class B, as as you know, from the time that I was here, I don't think I've ever been in Class C at any. Like even when I was at Fox, we were we had just moved up to B. But I mean, it's just seeing like I'll use well, I'll use us for an example. I know a, co- a few years before I got here, they couldn't comp- they couldn't finish their season, you know, right. in eleven man because they only had. You know, they had less than 11 kids to finish the season with. And yes. and whenever they made the move down to eight-man, more – I mean, I think that I kind of had this discussion with a couple of people that I knew from Velma before they before they went down. I was like, you know, it's all about this. your kids having success. It doesn't matter what level it is because, I mean, to me, eight-man football, I love eight-man football. I mean, it's right. it, it's fun to watch. It's high speed, you know. And I, it's it's about – getting kids to come out that don't want to get their heads beat in week in and week yes. out. And, you know, you can see the the good that it's done for them, for, for Velma, the good that it did for us. You know, yes. Velma went from not being able to finish the season two a couple of years ago to now having probably 30-plus kids on the sideline. And I don't, right. know, I don't know if that would have been the same if they would have stayed in 11-man. So, yes. and you know, we're, we're doing good right now, but you know, if we keep kind of, you know, if we're not competing for a district title, knock on wood, hopefully that's not the case, you know, going forward. Right. But who's to say that won't happen now? Because like you said, 10 years ago, 10 kids were different. Kids want to, yes, kids want to be involved with something that's not necessarily easy, but you know, if, if, if they, they see the success that their friends are having, so they want to be in it. So if, if the split can make that easier for for schools not to lose their programs, you know, you're going to have your ringlands. They're never going to lose their football program. You, right. you know what I mean? Cause there, there's, there's that tradition there, but there's schools that, you know, they just struggle to field an eight man team. And if they're being yes. asked to move up to 11, man, that's you're, I think you risk losing programs if you don't do something to fix it. So if, I mean, it can be a two year experiment. If it doesn't work, then they can go back to the way it was. Right. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I, like, man, I don't know that this is a fix-all mm-hmm. necessarily um, be, because, you know, um, even talking with Coach Norton, um, you know, about the very same thing uh, that mm-hmm. you guys or what you just mentioned, you know, was um, because there are um, there are bigger schools than us playing eight-man, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, it is something to think about, um, you know, as far as, you know, your kids and your program, um, mm-hmm. and like I say, maybe this doesn't work out at all. And, uh, you know, I just don't, I don't truly know how it's going to go, but yeah. I think it is a step in the right direction of, uh, trying something that's a little different to see if it will, um, help fix some things yeah yeah anything i mean and i mean and you know this it's the the lower classes aren't necessarily the big money makers you know so it's kind of like we get 
you know, the, the eight mans and the small 11 mans, they're going to kind of get the the bottom of the barrel on, on the yes. hill on things. So, right. but I mean, well, to me, that's where your, your, your roots are in Oklahoma football, the small schools. I mean, you, you hear about, you know, the Bigsby's, the unions, the, the jinx, but you know, like you were talking about the athletes at Fox, you know, people remember that the athletes at Winniewood, the teams yes. that Ringland has had, you know, those are the, you go pretty much anywhere in Oklahoma, people are going to be, there's someone there that knows about those programs. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? So I, anything that you can do to kind of preserve that part of it, because it, it just seems like bigger towns are getting bigger and bigger and these smaller communi- communities are getting smaller and smaller. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'll, I'll tell you this, um, when I was the head coach before, um, we were close to, um, you know, we were close, to, I believe, the last, one of the last ADMs I remember, um, I guess it was probably around um, 14, 15, 16, and there was like 165. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of them that I looked at on the OSSAA uh, ADM was we were at 124. Wow. And so um, definitely something to think about. And uh, because, like you say, uh, it seems like that some of us smaller towns are just uh, getting smaller. Yeah, absolutely. And the number of kids that um, are available to, one, want to have the uh, opportunity to play football because, as you know, not everyone wants to do it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Coach, I got one final question for you. I mean, uh, yes, sir. thanks for, you know, doing this. I'm almost running out of time on my thing here. I didn't think I'd, I didn't think we'd go this long. But at the end of the day, when coaching is done for for you finally – what do you want your players to remember about you as their coach? Uh, I'll tell you, that, that's, a, that's the easiest question of the day. <laughs> and I, I, tell them, I tell them this all the time. Um, I, want them, I want them to know that I love them, mm-hmm. and I still do. And they, they can uh, – I, I, I tell them this uh, all the time that I, I want to be known as that, as that friend, brother – coach whatever you want to title me that if you needed me i'd come running at no no matter what time day um any time that you needed me is i mean i I think that that's the the best description that i would like to have um people know about me is Mm -hmm. is that um you know whether you thought uh me as, as someone who was close or excuse me um you know, especially to my kids that I've coached, is that uh, is that if you need me, I come running no matter. And I and I've I've had some kids that I've coached uh, go through th- go through some things, and and I've had those one a.m. phone calls, and and uh, and you know just tell my wife, so you know, babe, I gotta go. And um, mm-hmm. one of our kids needs me. I don't even know what it, what it, what that means right now, but I'm just gonna go and. Um, that's why I tell them all the time, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to, uh, normally, and I tell them this too, is I, I don't praise them enough. I don't, I normally don't say, um, uh, enough of us, you know, we're doing a good job, 
you know, and mm-hmm. I, and I hate to be negative, but I, I, to tell them that as well. And I, I don't want to seem like I'm griping or it's complaining um, <clears throat> as much as it is uh, coaching and and knowing of where we have to get to or where we need to get to uh, versus um, you know at the end of uh, at the end of our practices, you know, just I tell them every day that I love them and and mean it and and. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and I, all the guys that I've played with, played, um, coached with, you know, all my friends, you know, I tell them that and it's not a need of, uh, it's not of a need of reciprocation of where mm-hmm. I need to hear that they love me back or anything like that. I just want to know that I love them. And if, you know, um, things are not good, things are not good at home, bills are piling up, your girlfriend leaves you, you know, all the things that, uh, your truck broke down. All the things that high school kids can go through. Somebody's mm-hmm. picking on me. Somebody said this about me. Whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just that. Um, at the end of the day, man, there's just us, and and uh, and uh, I just want them to know that I love them with my whole heart, and and I'll do my best to always be there for them. Um, okay. Because that's what coaches have done for me in the past, and that's that's just that's my. That's my number one belief right there in a nutshell, my friend. <laughs> All right. Well, Coach, man, I really appreciate it. I probably could have talked to you for another hour about <laughs> just about football, whatever. But you bet. Well, man, I'll say, uh, I know that uh, I know that you're super busy as well. <laughs> I was going to say, um, uh, your boys are two studs, by the way. Um, <laughs> well, uh, they work hard. Basketball. Uh, but like, listen, uh, I, I would more than be more than willing to uh, talk with you more, just because one, um, I'm still, I'm somewhat of a relic, and I'm not even sure uh, what we're doing other than just having a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, I love just you know talking uh, with coaches and just you know and because the the next time we, I'd like to ask you some questions you know, we're always looking to you know I think as coaches try to find ways to uh, to better yourself and better your programs and and uh, anyways I just have a lot of respect for you and I just want to tell you thank you well appreciate it coach and I'll uh I'll, I'll be seeing you around you bet well, I'm sure we'll be classing at some basketball games before too long A big thanks again to Coach Beard for joining me on the podcast. And thank you for listening to Kenny and the Coaches. If you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe to my podcast and tell others about it. That's Kenny and the Coaches. And that's Kenny with an E. Until next time.